This is your coffee break. Hey friends, I am back again this week and I'm super excited once again because I'm always excited to have with me a very special guest. I have with me today Rachel Stout who is a agent slash see oh my gosh already I'm screwing this up because I don't know your job title (laughs) it's okay it's sort of malleable at the moment I'm a former literary agent but I'm working a lot now with authors a little bit on an editorial basis but a lot more um, with kind of learning about how publishing works and working with authors specifically um, on their querying and how to get agents and market their own books and try to get agents attention because that's the kind of The most frustrating thing is when you've spent so much time writing your book and you put so much into it and you've edited it and you've edited it a hundred times and it's in perfect shape and then it can't go anywhere because you can't get anyone to read it. So my goal is to work with authors and help them get noticed by agents, basically, so they can get published. (laughs) Wonderful. And I think that this topic is going to be of high interest to a lot of listeners. So I'm so (laughs) excited. I know, um, originally, when we started talking, you kind of said, you know, a lot of writers feel like agents are just here to like, slam the door in their face. So well, absolutely. Tell me tell me a little bit about what agents do and why this perception exists. Querying is hard. That's I'm going to start out there in the beginning. It's hard. You're going to get a lot of rejections no matter what, no matter how good your book is. You're probably going to end up going to dozens and dozens of agents before you find somebody. And that's not to say that that uh, there aren't people that find them much more quickly, but it is a difficult process. And I think a lot of people get discouraged and a lot of people are getting rejected in a way that isn't helpful for them. A lot Mm -hmm. of times you can learn from rejection. Um, the types of rejections you're getting, the agents you're getting rejected from, but authors aren't necessarily reaching out to the right agents or reaching out to them in the right way. So you're getting rejected by sending, say, you know, your women's fiction that you've worked really hard on uh, just as somebody who is a literary agent or you know them through a friend or you read about them and they said something that was interesting to you, but they really only represent military history or something mm-hmm. that's wildly different than what than what you're into. And so I really like to work with a lot of good research tactics to get authors finding the agents that are already going to like their book, basically. You're coming into it with that confidence. And I think a lot of authors feel that agents are not reading their submissions, which is absolutely not true, or are only going after authors who I'm pulling up. We did a survey with agents right now. So I'm pulling up my results here um, so that I have something to reference, which I probably should have done five minutes ago. Eh. Um, (laughs) But I feel like a lot of authors think that agents aren't reading the slush. So they're Mm. not reading the unsolicited submissions they're getting and that you have to be a big name or you have to have a referral or know somebody who knows somebody to even get an attention. So I'm actually working on a program right now called Query Mastery, um, and it's through this really awesome organization called New York Book Editors. And together we put together this survey where we surveyed over 20 agents that are currently working, and some of them have been in the business for 25 years. Some have been in the business for two years, but just really to get people across the spectrum. Some of my favorite questions we just asked, do you accept unsolicited queries? And 95% of them said yes. And then most of them, 52% said they read them a few times a week. And we had people saying they read them once a day. And that more than half of their list is coming from unsolicited authors, people that just approach them through slush. So that's my goal, really, is to try to get authors to feel like they have that shot to keep up the energy and not to get 
uh, so discouraged. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. What a great message to hear. Oh my gosh, as a as a writer, <laughs> as someone who speaks to a lot of frustrated writers, what a what a wonderful message. Yeah. Oh. And it can totally be frustrating. Absolutely. Yes. I get it. <laughs> so but, you uh... you have a you have a former life as an agent. I do. I do. I was with Distill and Goderich Literary Management, which is now Distill Goderich and Barrett, for five years. And I really loved it. I had no idea what literary agents were um, before I worked there. I had no idea. I was an English major, as I feel like most people who have no idea what to do with their (laughs) lives are. Uh, And I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. And so everyone asked me, oh, you're going to be a teacher? And I was like, well, maybe, but I don't know. And then I just searched jobs in publishing and I got an internship at a different literary agency. And then once that ended, I started working uh, for Distill and Goderich and I just kind of fell into that. And I loved working with authors and I learned so much there. I found out that personally, I don't necessarily have the... uh, the bone in my body that I need to be a very good negotiator Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of have that harder edge, which is really necessary to be a good agent to your clients. So I started working more on the, on the coaching side and on the editorial side and working with authors one-on-one, which has been really, really fun. And I kind of get to do all the stuff that I loved the most about my job as an agent, but as my whole job now. So tell me a little bit about the day in the life of a literary agent. I know that a, a lot of folks listening to the show are maybe aspiring writers who aren't really sure what this whole query agent process looks like. Can you fill us in? I mean, there's a lot more that goes on, I think, than people realize. I feel like maybe back in the day, back when publishers did a lot of your, a lot more of the marketing for you than, they, than the authors do, and back when the agents were really just there for the money people, basically. Mm. They got your advance, they negotiated your contract, and that was it. And that's really not what an agent does anymore. Most agents are what they like to call like hands-on or full-service agents. Um, but agents work with their authors. You'll likely go through an editorial process with your agent if your book doesn't sell, your agent is probably not going to drop you unless, you know, you want to go in a totally different direction and they don't really work with that type of book. But they do a lot with their authors for their authors every day. I mean, you're part therapist, you're part <laughs> agent, you're part editor, you're you're pretty much everything. So, so when an author queries an agent and um, if that agent, you know, wants to represent that author, they go back and forth, they read the manuscript, they talk on the phone. I think a lot of authors don't realize how much agency, choice word there, how much agency they have in that moment. Because they can ask agents pretty much any question they want, and likely you're not going to turn the agent off. So I always say (laughs) to authors who, an agent is calling you. I know when I would call authors and I wanted to represent them or I would email them, I was so nervous. I was so nervous they'd turn me down. Because when you're reaching out to an author, you're doing it because you love their book so much, and you're so excited, and you really want to work with them, and you want to get it published. So they're just as excited as the authors are about about new projects they sign up. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of authors don't realize that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always have meetings and and we'll talk about new projects or or bring it up like, oh, I really want to sign this one up, but I don't know. Can someone else read it for me? Yeah, I love it. Okay. And (laughs) and and you tell everyone, oh, my God, I found this. There's a new submission I love. And I spent all weekend reading it. I'm really excited. I hope this author wants to go with me. 
because you never know. You never know how many other agents they have submissions with or, or whether that author will like you or connect with you. And that's a, it's another thing that I always like to focus on is because it's not just you're not just signing up with an agent for this one book right now. You're ideally partnering with someone, you know, that's going to help you grow your career and mm. it's going to help you brainstorm new ideas or go back and forth with you and kind of be with you for as long as you want to be with them. So I always say, ask a lot of questions. It's just a side, a side note there. Um, ask a lot of questions, sign an agreement, sign with your agent. Um, and likely most agents will then go through an editorial process with their authors and, one of the questions an author can always ask an agent is, you know, what is your editorial strategy? Are mm. you going to go through and do a huge rewrite of my book with me? Or are you just going to have a few suggestions? Or what, what, how, how much you're going to work with me on this text? So it could be a little bit of that going back and forth. But while that's going on, agents are talking about this book to editors. They're going to lunch with editors at least once a week, if not more reading what editors like, making notes, seeing, seeing, okay, well, this book sold. It's kind of similar to the one that I just signed up. Okay, I'm going to make a note that this editor likes this type of work. So I'm going to submit to them. And, and they're doing all of that while, you know, you're working on, on any notes for your book. And when it's ready, then it's sort of the agent's turn to do what the author was doing. And it's really <laughs> submitting to editors. And, you know, agents get rejected just as much as authors do. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we write query letters, basically call them submission letters, but it's the same thing. Send it off to editors that we've researched and or have relationships with or, or know are looking for a particular kind of project that that we have and send it out and also hope that that editor likes it. And then if that editor likes it, they have to go to their team and, and pitch it to a publicity person and a marketing person and all of that. And and once once all of that is successful, uh, you know, your agent will come back to you. And, and again, you can always ask questions. And with the editorial process and with any deal an agent brings to an author, again, I always say an author has the final say. I always suggest going with what an agent suggests you, just suggest you because they've been in the business, they know what they're doing. But um, an author, again, has, it's your work. You're the final say. If you don't want to accept a deal, you don't have to accept a deal, though most authors do want to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's kind of the goal. Well, um, but yeah, there's so many other things going on. You know, agents will be selling foreign rights or pitching pitching overseas or if they think it has film potential or keeping an eye on everything. And, and once your book is sold, your agent's not gone. I learned from um, Jane Distel, who founded the agency, and it was always her policy. So I made it my policy for all of my authors to always copy me on literally every email they sent to an editor. And maybe you don't even you don't need to keep abreast of everything that's happening because it's kind of out of your hands at that point. But you have a record if something goes wrong, if your mm. author says, well, you know, I don't like the cover they chose for me or this is, you know, this they're asking for this or I need an extension or anything your agent can do for you. And I think that authors don't realize how much they can use their agents and, you know, agents have those relationships with publishers and editors so they can get you things that maybe an author couldn't. And it also helps an author to maintain a really good relationship with their editor. Let the agent be the bad guy. Mm. And you can always have that good relationship there. That was kind of a whirlwind I love <laughs> through it. the process. Yeah. No, I love it. And you know, none of the, I, I didn't know any of, well, I didn't know most of this. Like, this is <laughs> amazing and wonderful. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for sharing your insights. Mm -hmm. This is great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <gasps> 
So there's always this question of, okay, if I want to publish traditionally, do I need an agent? I know. And that's a big question. And today, mostly the answer is yes. Of course, if you are, you know, going for smaller presses, that's not necessarily true. A smaller press would likely um, accept submissions from unedited authors. But if you're going for any of the big five publishers, going for Penguin Random House or Simon & Schuster, HarperCollins or anyone like that, it's very unlikely that you're going to get your your submission into the hands of an editor unless you happen to have met them at a writer's conference or something like that. If you have another sort of in, then it's possible. But usually with the big publishers, an agent is necessary. It is helpful. I mean, obviously, you know, you pay an agent a commission, but you don't pay an agent anything else besides that. You know, I think a lot, I always caution people, you know, if you're going to someone and they say, oh, you know, you have to pay to submit to us or there's a fee of some kind that's not a legitimate agency. So you don't want to go there. And the second thing an agent can do for you, and it's and it's good for an author to have, that if you do end up getting a deal with a publishing house without an agent and they give you your contract, an agent, A, knows how to read a contract and can really help you get the best deal possible with the little tiny things that you would never even think to look for in a contract. But also the contract that, that an unagented author is getting is probably already starting at a base. It's get, you're getting a boilerplate contract where a lot of agencies, if they've been around for a little while, even, even a couple years, if they've done a few deals with a publisher, their boilerplate contracts are already starting at you know, you're getting a better royalty rate, you're getting more free copies of your own book, or you're getting, you're getting things at the base level that is beyond the regular boilerplate. So, you know, you do this contract with Simon and Schuster, and we do it with one author, and we ask for these things, and they say, okay. And then we say, well, this contract will now be a precedent for all of our Simon and Schuster deals. Uh So then you get the next one, and you start at that level, and then you can begin to ask for more things and go there on and there out. Uh, So having an agent will actually help you in that way, of course. But if you're going for small presses, um, if you're academic publishing, you know, you likely don't necessarily need an agent. But if you're going for any of the the big publishers, not only does it help to have an agent, but you but it's 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 more necessary than not. So when people are out looking for agents, if they're out querying, what are some common mistakes that you see? Oh, my. Um, <laughs> um, there's lots of common mistakes. Um, there's from from the smallest, smallest ones that when I say them, I always get the answer of like, well, of course, I'm not going to do that. That's <laughs> that's so dumb. But it happens enough that I always mention, you know, you want to make sure that you have the agent's name correct, that you're addressing them correctly, that, you know, you're not an agent always assumes that you're sending to more than one agent at a time unless you say it's an exclusive submission. But most agents assume that you're not doing that. But if you send an email and then CC 100 other agents in the email, no one's really going to give it that much of attention because like, well, you don't really care about me. So Mm. you don't care if I read it. So I'm not going to uh, sort of situation. So a lot of little things like that or using you know, an irregular font or I get we would get a lot of authors who would be really aggressive in their letters 
or the opposite, really, really kind of mopey. Like, oh, "Oh, well, I'm like, so I'm so surprised you even made it this far in the letter, or I'm sure you have better things to do with your time than read this, or, well, you're not even going to read this, so I don't know why I'm writing to you. And all of that, like, throw all of that away. And I assume that most authors don't do that, but you get a letter like that enough times that I always, I always mention it. Again, it kind of goes with the idea that, you know, agents aren't out there to get authors. They're, I mean, well, no, they're out there to actually get authors. They're not out there to, like, beware get authors. Um, so so there's, there's two ways of, of listening to that. But, you know, they're out there because they want, you know, they need authors. They can't, you know, they can't do their job without authors. They can't get paid without authors. So they need them. So basically just, you know, approaching again, approaching the letter writing process as that you're approaching an equal partnership. I know a lot of authors get intimidated by agents, which is fair uh, because they're giving them their life's work and, and hoping that they say, I like it. You know, you're, I like to say for authors to consider themselves as the talent, to consider, well, I'm bringing all of this to the table and an agent is bringing all of this to the table. So we're equal partners so mm-hmm. to approach writing a letter like that. And also just not doing, not doing their, doing their research. And I know that sounds like, oh, geez, I wrote a whole book and now I have to go do some research. Are you kidding me? But it's it's the thing that I always saw. And again, in that survey of, of agents that we did, uh, we had a portion at the end that was just an optional fill in. All of it was multiple choice. And we had an optional fill in portion at the end of the survey that was pretty much, you know, what's some advice you want to give to authors who are querying for the first time or what's one mistake that you see authors authors always doing? And almost all of them said a variation of do your research or research authors before you query or show an agent that you reached out to them. So do your research. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to dive so deep into an agent's life that, you know, you're peering in their windows. But, <laughs> but to know that you're reaching out to an agent, like I said a little bit earlier, I think having at least an idea that that they would be someone who would like your book, whether they represent books that are similar to yours. And and by that, I don't mean necessarily, oh, they represent a book that has the same plot line as mine, mm. but books that would have the same readers as your book, you know, because you're always thinking about who's your audience? What, how do we market this? And agents always thinking, how do I market this book? And if mm. you as an author can say, I reached out to you because you represent this book and this book, which not only did I love, but also I feel have a similar readership to my book. Mm-hmm. Well, then an agent already knows that a you 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 know are genuine in in having having read their work, not their work, but their client's work. That you know the market, that you have an idea of what this is about. So they feel like, okay, well, you're going to be a, a good author to work with. You're going to be easy. You're going to understand. You're going to be, you know, it's going to be a good push and pull. And also they're going to say, okay, great. So the readers of books that I already like and represent are going to read this book in my inbox. So I may as well take a look at it. So it can be something as simple as that. Anything that you can kind of create a connection with an agent, Mm -hmm. uh, I think is the best. And even if it's, if it's something really small, I know I always tell this story because I think it's so funny. I had a book come into my inbox once and the author at first I thought was like, oh, well, this guy did not look me up at all. This book is not something I would normally be interested in. And it was like a mystery or a crime novel and, and something that I was like, this is not, I've never written about wanting one of these books. But then I got to the end of the letter and uh, the author mentioned that his protagonist had grown up in the same area where I grew up and then moved oh. to the same area where I live. So I grew up in South Jersey and I always say South Jersey. If you're from New Jersey, you know there's there's a there's a clear divide between <laughs> North Jersey and South Jersey, so it's very important. 
but that I grew up in South Jersey and that I live in Brooklyn now and that his protagonist did that as well. And I always use this example, but I think it's so important because that small, small thing. He literally just went to the agency's website, read the bios of all the agents, which I always suggest an author to do Mm -hmm. always, even if an agency's submission guidelines say write to submissions at whatever agency always address your query letter to an actual name. You're going to get so much more attraction that way, even if they're all going to a general inbox or if they're being passed through somebody else first. If you have an actual name and then a reason why you're reaching out to that name, it is going to stand out. It is going to stand out more. So always read the bios. And this author read my bio. It was, I don't know, four sentences long and mentioned where I grew up and where I currently lived. Because he mentioned that his protagonist had done as well, and he also said it in a way that implied that he knew that I did too, I was like, well, of course I want to read this book. I want to see – I mean, it's the same sort of thing as when you go to the movies and you see familiar landmarks, and it's so fun and so cool to see, like, your hometown or a place that you visited or where you went to college in a movie or you read a book that takes place in somewhere you're familiar with. It's always so much more fun, and you always feel kind of – that you like that movie or like that book more because you already have that connection to it. So I had that, I had that feeling and, you know, I don't think I ended up representing, well, I know I didn't end up representing him, but you know, it got me to request and it got me to read. And that's really what you're going for with a query letter is you're, you're going for getting an agent to look at your work because if you can't, you know, if you can't get them to do that with your letter, then no matter how good your book is and no matter how amazing the writing is and, and how much it maybe would be a bestseller, you know, if you can't get an agent to read it, then you're, you're cutting yourself short there. That's my advice is to always research. And it can be as broad as understanding what genres agents are interested in. And if you want to go a little bit more specific, you know, the types of books they represent within those genres. But if you can find, you know, I always call it my, my golden nugget, my golden mm. ticket of information. Agents are really public people, you know, living in the written world. Writers and authors are as well. A lot of blogging and, and tweeting going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can find out a lot about a person by not doing too much. You can read interviews. You can read their blog. You can read, you know, what they've represented recently. I do a lot of suggesting people read the acknowledgments of books that they think are similar to theirs. And, you know, you can often figure out who the agent was and the acknowledgments. I never read acknowledgments before I worked in publishing and now I read <laughs> acknowledgments of every book I read because I always think, find it so interesting to see like, oh, well, who'd they work with? Or like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I find names that I recognize and I'm like, oh, that's very cool. I know who that person is. But, you know, you can generally figure out who the agent is. They're usually thanked in the same paragraph as the editor. Even if they're not listed as, you know, thank my agent, you can usually figure it out. So, yeah, so doing doing something like that, you know, just going to your bookstore, you know, and seeing books like, oh, okay, well, that book, you know, someone who read my book would probably read that book. And then you can read the acknowledgments there or you can pick out a book that you already know that you already own. But I like to say, you know, people in bookstores or people in libraries, their job is to be able to recommend books to you. So you could say, well, I liked this book. You know, what other books would I like? And they pull you five books. And <laughs> you have five more books to read the acknowledgements of to be like, oh, well, you know, I actually never read these five books. But this expert in their stock says that readers of this book would like that book sort of thing. So there's always these tricky ways to kind of figure out likes and dislikes and little bits of information like that. I love it. It's like detective work. 
it's my favorite thing. And it's, it's one of the things that, that I spent when I was an agent, I spent so much more time on than was necessary, which is again, why I love doing what I do now, because I get to do it so much more. I get to work with authors and I work with a lot of authors on their query letters. And again, in, in the query mastery course that we do, we have tons of authors come in and, you know, I work with them on their work and I love helping them find agents and doing research with them and figuring it all out. And I would do it at the agency all the time and, and I'd spend forever like, okay, well, we sent it out to 15 editors. They all passed or it's out with only two more. We need to send it out to more. Okay, well, who's who's going to really like it? And I dig so much more, so much deeper than I think was absolutely necessary. <laughs> and I found myself like spending hours putting together submission lists and, and be like, oh, this one's perfect and I know why. And then realizing that I'd spent two hours doing it. Uh, <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit more about, in addition to sort of researching the agent, what yeah. else makes for a good query letter? There are obviously a lot of different personal preferences among agents, as there are among everybody about everything. <laughs> the best thing about a query letter for me is a query letter that jumps and starts right in with the story. I find a lot of authors will say things like, well, I'm writing to you because, mm. or I'm here to submit my novel or something like that, something very introductory, which feels really polite and it feels really professional business letter. But, you know, an agent's probably just going to skip over that part. Yeah. Um, they know that you're submitting to them. That's why you're writing to them. And then, you know, you kind of already have them in the idea of like, oh, well, I can skip through here. So my favorite query letters are the ones that... They start right in with, you know, the terrifying word hook, but, you know, it starts, it starts right in, says something that gets me intrigued. And then that's like the first paragraph. You say something that doesn't necessarily have to be the beginning of a beginning of a summary or, or say anything, just something that is really, um, an important moment in your, in your story to hook someone in. And then your second paragraph, you can kind of go back and I call it giving someone your background action and setup of your novel. So kind of going in, setting the scene a little bit with the background, one or two sentences there, the, the action, what is propelling this, what has happened recently is propelling this book and the setup. Okay. So where are we when the story begins proper? And then an agent's going to want to pretty much figure that out. And a good query letter will also focus most heavily on the start of a book, on the mm -hmm. start of a novel. Um, the same way you're reading, you know, you read the back of a book to try to get interested in it. You're not reading about the middle of the book. You're not reading about, you know, a hundred different characters. You're reading about the protagonist. You're reading about who you care about at the very beginning of the book. I know a lot of authors have questions because they may say, oh, well, I have four protagonists or mm. I have, you know, it takes place in different time periods or I have all these different points of view. How do I do that? And a lot of it, again, I really, I really focus on the start of the book, where you are at the beginning of the story and introduce us with that. Get us interested in, in how it starts the same way when you're reading a book. And, you know, if you're not invested in the character, you're not invested in the story in the first few chapters, you know, you kind of always give it, you know, I'll give it 50 pages mm. or, you know, you, you'll see if you can get invested. But if you can't, then you kind of fade away. So you really want to get make sure that agent is invested in how your book begins and what the um, and what the situation is at the start of the book. So a good query letter will always focus on that and then kind of hint at what is coming. So when an agent receives your sample, if they're interested and they request it, 
what they're reading is what they expect. Mm. Um, because another thing is you can write a really great letter that's really, you know, exciting and, and really draws you in, but maybe you're talking about a twist that happens three quarters of the way through the book, or you're describing an aspect of it that, you know, doesn't necessarily relate to how the book is at the start. And then an agent's all excited about that and they request your novel. And even if the beginning is good, or even if it has really great merits or, or, you know, maybe it's quieter than what you'd said, or it's, or it's a totally different tone, that agent is going to be in some way disappointed. Mm. Even if, even if they like what they're reading, it's not what they expected. So they're kind of reading it with that eye to like, oh, well, this isn't at all the book that I thought I was getting. So by focusing on the start of the book, by focusing on drawing them in right away, you know, dear so-and-so agent, you know, it's 1941 and Pearl Harbor has just been attacked and I'm doing this. And, and then you can kind of scale it back and say, well, you know, Sarah was cooking breakfast one morning and had no idea and then, you know, trail it off. But, but by doing that, and that's the intro to the book, and then you get everything that happens later on and you can, you can hint at, at things that may happen. But by setting that scene and drawing someone in right away, you know, you're really giving an agent a, a clear picture of what your book is. And if they were going to be interested in that kind of story, then they're going to be interested in it. That is so helpful. So <laughs> good. I'm glad. <laughs> so and, and you're teaching a, a course on this or writing a Tell me, tell me more yes. about what you're doing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. My, my biggest project and my favorite project right now, it's this course that I'm doing, like I said, in conjunction with NY Book Editors and Natasha with New York Book Editors. She um, contacted me. We were put in touch by a mutual friend maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago. And we had this idea and I was working with them, you know, on helping authors with their query letters. And when we had this idea of like, well, you know what, there's so many things that authors don't know. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea they didn't know them because I'd been in it for so long. You know, I would talk to Natasha on the phone and I'd say, oh, well, obviously you wouldn't do that or obviously do this. And she's like, what are you, are you really, you wouldn't know. I, <laughs> I didn't know that I'm writing this down. And so we got the idea of like, well, why don't we just put together like a presentation? Like we'll do one hour long presentation. It'll be great. We'll, we'll put it out there for authors to use. And then as I started talking about it, it got bigger and bigger because we kept realizing how much more stuff there was. And so we were like, oh, well, we have to talk about, you know, writing synopses and we have to talk mm -hmm. about, well, actually how you write the letter and then all these different research methods. And, okay, well, you say it focuses on the first chapter. We have to figure out how to make that first chapter strong. We have to figure out what types of things to bring to an agent and who are the right agents for you to reach out to? And, and is there a difference between reaching out to a new agent or an older agent or mm -hmm. any of those things? So we just started putting it all together and it was, it was over a year ago now. So we've been working really hard and it's, it's become this, this great program. You know, we have five really good modules. So we have five basically courses that an author can take at their leisure. You know, they're about 45 minutes long each and they include exercises and homework. And we have this Facebook group for all of our authors who can go on and they post their exercises and so then we have weekly calls every week. So we have a live video call with all of our authors and, and I lead the call and I bring up all their exercises on screen and we do like hot seat. So I'll evaluate sort of things they're saying or, or parts of their query letter or some we do exercises how to get you to write a really good hook. You know, we, we like, oh, pretend you're, you're pitching on Twitter, which you can do as an agent, as an author as well. And it can be very effective. I know a friend of mine who's an agent, she signed up. I think one of the very first sales she ever did was an author. She signed up from 
a Twitter pitch. And this isn't like this person was a social media maven or they had a huge blog. It wasn't like a she didn't go out to this person. It was a pitch event. This person tweeted, you know, 140 characters at her. She requested it and it was her first sale and it was like a two book deal for a debut author. It was an incredible like success story. And I love it. So so kind of using, so okay, so you're pitching that way. How do you turn that into the hook for the start of your query letter? So we kind of go over all of that on our weekly calls. And it's so fun because I can see all of the authors doing the exercises and learning and helping one another. And as they post them and as they do their query letters, I can see, you know, the improvements and people just getting excited about querying as well, which I think is really great. And and getting excited about, you know, finding that perfect agent and making their letter great. And and then having having the resource of A, they can, you know, they talk to me for an hour every week and they can email me all the time, but also of one another. Um, Mm. So I see them posting their stuff in the Facebook group and I comment a little bit, but also, you know, we'll comment on each other's work. Uh, So it's like a little writer's group online as well. And then we get to meet once a week for, you know, it's, it's 10 weeks, but then you go, it's 10 weeks for the calls, but you're always in the group and you're always, you know, able to kind of reach out and continue to participate. So it's great. And we have some bonus sessions with like outside agents come in and, and do Q&As. So yes, and we're so excited about it. We've been, do- we've been putting it together for a year and I feel like it's the only thing I've thought about um, in a good way, good. in a good way. So if mm-hmm. people are interested in this, um, do they contact you or, or do you have a website? Or yes, tell me more? they can go if people are interested. There's a free webinar, which I would suggest anyone take as well. So you get some free information. But if you want information about the course, you just go to uh, Query Mastery, spelled how you think it is, dot nybookeditors.com. And so that's a bunch of information about the course. And then you can also uh, sign up for the free webinar. I don't, the direct link is very complicated, but there is a link on my website, which is racheleestout.com because my name is very common. So (laughs) I have to find ways to modify it. Um, But yeah, so there's a link on my website to both the free webinar as well as the full information to the course. And I think, you know, there's there's so much information even even in the in the webinar and we do Q&A's there as well. So, you know, I I offer that to to a lot of people just as, you know, a quick intro. A lot of the stuff that I've talked about with you, a lot of different things as well, though. It's something that I'm very proud of, and I hope that we get to keep kind of evolving as, you know, markets change or as things happen or as, you know, we learn something new or meet somebody new who has really great insight to keep to keep evolving with that as well. Gosh, I hope so. That sounds so wonderful. And I would <laughs> encourage people to go out and take the free webinar. I'll make sure that I link to all of these things in the show awesome. notes for today's episode so people can easily navigate to those. I love your energy. I love your spirit. You have so much good information to share. And I love that you're willing to share it with people who need it. So thank you for being amazing. Well, thank you. That is, <laughs> that is a really, that is a really great thing to hear to end my night. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a blast. Yeah. And I can't wait to keep listening. Oh, good. Well, I hope you keep listening. I hope you keep in touch. This has just been lovely. I would love to have you on again. So if you ever want to be on my show again, just let you know.